You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. Welcome to Around the Arena's Kiama Community Radio sports program, where you can regularly hear what's happening in sport across the region. It's great to be back after a break over the festive season. I spend some time in North Queensland marvelling at the sporting facilities in the Mackay region. I know we're a smaller community by comparison, but we certainly punch above our weight in developing sportsmen and women for the state, national and international stages. So let's continue to strive to improve our facilities throughout the local government area so our sports people have the best opportunities to shine. Now with my little rant out of the way, this week I caught up with my favourite cricketing historian, Bill Peters, to discuss the outcome of the men's and women's internationals between Australia and England, and also to find out where local cricket is up to. Our discussion took place over Zoom, and some of the audio is below my normal standard, but please ad-lib that and enjoy our chat. Here's what we discussed. Bill is my go-to man for cricket history. Has done some fantastic work over a period, a long period of time. Um, we've documented it here on KCR. So, Bill, thanks for joining me. No Test. dramas at all, Glenn. Always a pleasure. Thank you. So, the uh, men's uh, Ashes tests have been run and won, and Australia certainly come out on top. I guess relatively easy, you could say. So, who do you see as the better performing players, both with the bat and the ball? I know that they uh, they gave player of the series to Travis Head, who certainly his two innings were instrumental in, in winning both those test matches, to be honest. Personally, I would have gone with Pat Cummins. I just thought he was magnificent once again, not only because it was his first series as, a, as the captain, but the number of wickets he took as well as missing that test in Adelaide. And every sort of string he pulled as a captain was terrific. When he came out to bat, he batted for the team. And I just think, once again, he was he was the one who was a shining light. All the bowlers, I mean, obviously, you know, Scott Boland was just magnificent given his chance. And I think, and Cameron Green was the other one who who stood up with the ball to start with, which was great because last season he didn't get a wicket. But then the last couple of innings he played with the bat, they were so important as well. So I think certainly Cameron Green is the guy I'd reckon we'd be looking at for the next 10 years leading Australia. Not necessarily as a captain, but certainly as an all-rounder. I think the fact that he's had such a great season is a real bonus for Australia. So you you mentioned the captain, and I agree. He certainly he certainly went well in his probably his first run. You think he went a little bit long before he declared in that fourth test and may have cost him a, a five nil? My initial reaction at the time was yes. I mean, it's it's difficult to knock him because I think it was probably the only thing he did wrong all season. But yeah, I, I do, and it's it's so much easier sitting here in front of the TV with a beer saying, "Oh, we should have declared an hour ago." <laughs> but in the long run, I mean, we had we had a day to bowl them out, and if we can't bowl them out in a day, well, in general, uh, on a last day wicket, then perhaps you don't deserve to win anyway. And Usman Kawaja, he's pumped some life back into his career. I was so happy to see him do well. I think everyone was happy to see him do well. He's he's you know he hasn't come out, and he's never really had a crack at the selectors or anyone about when he was dropped and not being picked. And when he got his chance, he showed that he can still do the job. So I think what's worked out better for us as, a, as an Australian cricket team is that on the subcontinent, we're going to need him batting and probably opening the batting because he plays spin so well. And he showed that 
against Pakistan three years ago. So the fact that he's in form and he's back in the team, I think, gives us a better chance going forward as we go to play Pakistan and Sri Lanka this year. And Scott Boland, you touched on him before. Where does Australia keep these these bowlers? All of a sudden, you'll get one come through and he just skittles everyone, but you don't tend to hear them or they, they don't tend to, tend to get a chance you know, on, the, on the big stage. And then when they do, they certainly go well, mostly. Well, I think 20 years ago, Australia we had a lot of Australian batsmen who would have played for any other test nation in the world but never got a chance for Australia. And I'm talking like guys like Stuart Law and Martin Love and then uh, Brad Hodge and those kind of guys. And in, th- in that day and age, we had so many batsmen who could play for Australia and, and, and couldn't break into the team that they had to keep making hundreds and hundreds of runs and thousands of runs at shield level. And at the moment with our fast bowlers, it's probably the same story because we've had the same three uh, main fast bowlers now for about four years. So all these other guys who are trying to get into the team aren't getting much of a crack. So they just keep taking tens and tens of wickets in shield cricket. And when they get their chance, they probably know I've got to get wickets straight away. Otherwise I'm not going to get another crack. So someone like Scott Boland, who had played one day cricket for Australia about five years ago, he's just been there playing shield cricket day in, day out for six, seven, eight years and, and honing his craft. And for him, it was just fantastic to see that when he was given a chance at test level to bowl exactly the same way, that it was good enough to get 18 Englishmen out. It certainly was. It was a, an absolute great performance. Now, what about the women? The, uh, the, test, the test between Australia and England are off and running and it appears there's going to be a bit of a tighter struggle at this stage between the two countries. How do, how do you see that going? I'm actually sitting here watching it as I'm talking to you, Glenn. So that's, uh, I think that uh, this the women's cricket is just fantastic, and the way they have the Ashes series set out, which is the the three T20s, the three ODIs, and the Test match, I think is a terrific system to get a result for a whole series. But certainly in the Test match, you, you listen to all the girls from both sides talk, and you hear them talk about how much they want to play long form cricket and and Test cricket, and they're already they've been talking about playing like a five day Test instead of a four day Test. So I think their desire to play test cricket, I think, is the best part about it because they all want to play test cricket and they want to play more of it. Well, certainly the standard has improved over the years. I mean, I, I remember, and I, I say this with the greatest respect for women's sport, I never used to watch women's sport. And about a week ago, I sat there, I flicked between the netball, the cricket, uh, there was some Aussie rules on, what I call Aussie rules, and the standard was just fantastic. I couldn't believe how the standard has improved right across the board. Absolutely. And I think certainly with cricket in Australia, in Australia at least, and around the world as we go, the fact that Australian cricketers are now professional and gives them so much more time to, to be better cricketers and spend more time on their cricket, that has been obvious you know, in the last five years how much they've improved because of that. So certainly the increase in professionalism across women's sport is going to increase how good they are. I compare the, the uh, AFLW at the moment. Now, a lot of people that I know are not as excited about watching that. And it's, you know, that the, the uh, point scoring and the skills quite aren't anywhere near what the men's are at the moment. But give them another 10 years and get them into a position where they can be professional footballers and I think you'll find it's, it'd be much like watching the Women's Big Bash now. I mean, there are some terrific games in that. And I don't think anyone thought five years ago that they'd ever sit around watching the Women's Big Bash. 
But because the games are so good, because the players are improved so much, people are watching it. And I think it's the same with the AFLW. I certainly believe it's the same with the, the NRLW as well. And you only have to look at the way the Matildas play in the soccer uh, and the, the netball. It's uh, professionalism obviously does help that. And the, the, the quicker that all these women's sports become fully professional, I think the quicker you'll see that the standard uh, gets to a point where people won't be turning their TVs off. I'd have to agree with you. It's certainly the standard, as I said, has improved dramatically over the last, I guess, decade, but uh, certainly at a higher level. So what about local cricket, uh, Bill? The, uh, I see Lake Illawarra leads the competition in first grade uh, down here on the south coast. Uh, unfortunately, the Cavs this year, they're down near the bottom of the table. And after such a great year last year and such, you know, they were euphoric. They nearly got into the semis and they're down back down the bottom of the table. Where to from here for the Cavs in first grade? Well, it's it's been a tough year with the weather. And it's interesting that around the whole competition as a whole, a lot of games, probably at least half the games have been lost this season due to wet weather. Apart from Kiama, because we have such a fantastic team doing our wicket up there at Cav Park that it's the one ground that seems to get on every weekend. And unfortunately, our guys haven't, in first grade at least, haven't been uh, able to have quite the same sort of success so far. No doubt by the time this airs, uh, Glenn, I know that uh, this coming weekend, uh, Kymer have made the final of the T20 competition in first grade. They they play or they playing Lake Illawarra. So I'm hoping that by the time the people hear this, we have a good news and a, and a, and a premiership to uh, put our hands up for. But apart from that, we're in a transitional phase still at the Cavaliers, I think. We still have a, a, a fairly sizable generation gap in the middle between kids from, say, the age of 20 and, and 30. We've got a big gap in the number of players who of that age group. So we're still developing our juniors to come through and hoping to keep them in the in the game. Our elderly gentlemen who are still there in our, in our late 30s who are uh, holding together our first grade team are still doing well enough at that level and hopefully they can hang on for another couple of years until we can have a, a full regeneration, I guess is the best way to say. But cricket is cricket. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you have good years and bad years and, and uh, on the surface of it this year, uh, not quite as successful in the field, but there's still, a, there's still a seven or eight games to go, so who knows what could happen. Absolutely. Well, good luck to the Cavs. I do hope they move up. They're certainly uh, competitive in the lower grades, so... Uh... So, yeah, the, the, they've got a future there, certainly got a, a, a great future coming through. Now what we need, uh, Bill, is somewhere to put these trophies. So as a community, we need to <laughs> yeah, do yeah. there at Cavalier Park. And uh, I know it, it, it's an oval shared by athletics, by soccer, by, um, by cricket, but certainly um, it would be great to have something up there, uh, some sort of, um, some sort of uh, building, that could be shared, and uh, I know we've spoken about it before, but we certainly need to push that along with a new council. Maybe we can get somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, and there's no doubt about it. We'd we'd love to have stuff up there that we put. We've got uh, we've got memorabilia going back years. We've got a great history of the club we're going back, you know, to 1854. Uh, it'd be lovely to be able to have somewhere where we could showcase all that and 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 give the the township of Kalama the ability to come up and, and see a bit more of that, as well as watching the cricket on a Saturday afternoon. Well, you spoke about uh, the uh, ladies' T20. I rave about about Mackay in Queensland, the facility they have up there. It is just sensational. Four cricket fields around a club, and uh, I think it's, I just 
think it's the pinnacle. But anyway, that's for another day, I guess. <laughs> now, what about junior yes. cricket? Who who looks like uh, who are they, who are our bright lights coming through in the juniors here in Kiama? Yeah, we've we've got a few coming through. We've got at under 15s level, Blake Mackerel and, and Darcy Norris have played in the youth championships recently out of Dubbo, and both terrific young cricketers. And we also have uh, Ben Fredericks in the under 14s. He also went out to Dubbo. He was one of the leading wicket takers for the team out there. Joe Burgess is another who who's done exceptionally well. So. And Charlie Edwards is the other one as well. He played in the under-13s youth championship. So they're, they're, there's five to start with who have played at a very, very high representative level. And there are at least another six that I can think of that are playing at uh, South Coast level in representative cricket. Yeah. And, of course, we've just got the kids who may not necessarily be interested in playing rep cricket who are coming through too. So the, the Kaima Junior Club have many teams, lots of players, and – Lots with plenty of talent. In the long run, it's still a matter of making sure that they are enjoying the game enough that they want to continue playing into the grade system. And that's always the challenge with Kayama, getting them from junior cricket into senior cricket and looking to wanting to play first grade cricket. I know you run your eye over everyone. So anyone out of Jamboree or down at Jerringong as well that's uh, standing out? There are a few. Jamboree, unfortunately, at the moment is in a situation where they don't have any junior clubs at all and junior teams, which is disappointing given the, the great history of the Jamboree Cricket Club as well, that they currently aren't able to field any junior teams. Uh, and certainly, uh, Jerringong are in a stronger position in that regard, but they too in a position where they, I think finding the numbers to, to build teams is, is proving difficult. And, that, and that's the, the thing... If you go back and look at the history of the association, uh, our, our three clubs, Kaima, Jamboree and Jerringong, uh, have been very much a part of that and and strong all the way through. And it's only in the last sort of sort of 10 years where people are starting to move away from cricket. It's becoming too long or they want to go and do something else. That we're having trouble keeping juniors into the senior grades. And that's across the board in the SCDCA, but from my point of view when I look at the, the history of those three clubs we don't want to be in a position where any of those clubs get to the point where they feel they may have to fall uh, because of lack of numbers because that would be a, a terrible thing given the long history of each club it would be absolutely so just before closing now I know you're at a loose end at the moment and there's a bit of <laughs> banter around uh, the Australian coach you haven't got any any spare time you could put some effort in there well, with a broken ankle, I can't do anything for anyone at the moment, Glenn. But uh, the, the Australian coach is an interesting one. Uh, obviously, Australia's had a very successful past six months. And given the six months before that, there was a lot of people uh, looking to have a bit of a go at Justin Langer. And it certainly appears that uh, some of the high members of the team are pushing for their former New South Wales coach, Trevor Bayless, to come in and take that role. So... I'll be honest with you, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. Uh, the only thing I must agree with is that I think that it's a good thing for Australian cricket or for all cricket that your coach doesn't hang on too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lang has been there for four years. He took the team over after the Newlands uh, sandpaper incident. Uh, so he picked, it up, picked us up at our lowest level and he's got us to World 220 champions and we've retained the Ashes. 
perhaps that's a good place to go out and perhaps it's uh, a good point for someone else to come in and offer new ideas. I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. Yeah, me too, because I, I think he's done a fairly good job and, uh, and stiffened the side up a bit. But anyway, Bill, yeah. thanks again very much for talking to me today on Pharma Community Radio. I really look forward to our chats and I, I hope you uh, hope you get better soon. I hope you're up and about and having a bit of a jog and, uh, and I'll, I'll thank you again for <laughs> joining me today. No worries, Glenn. I don't jog much when I've got two good ankles, so I'm not too concerned about that, mate. But uh, as always, it's a pleasure to come onto your program. KCR, Kiama Community Radio.org. For the community, by the community. I'm predicting an explosion of interest in tennis across the region following the fabulous wins in the Australian Open by Ash Barty and the Special Ks. Tennis is a great sport for all ages, so why not dust off your old racket and head down to local court or wall for some exercise? The football season is upon us, and I see Bob Mack calling for men, women and youngsters to get involved. Look on the socials for contact details of our football clubs in Kiama and Jerringong. And finally, in golf news, young trainee professional Will Delbara won his first trainee golf tournament in his first year as a trainee. I hope to catch up with Will this week. Well done, mate. That's all I have time for this week, but if you'd like your sport to be part of the program, contact me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. I'm Glenn Shepherd, and I hope to see you around one of our sporting arenas. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.